Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Cindy Chavez here. Today is Wednesday, January the 2nd, 2019. It's 8 a.m. New York time, 5 a.m. in Los Angeles, 1 p.m. in London, and 12 noon, or uh, 12 midnight, rather, in Sydney, Australia, and wherever you are in the world. If you're listening to the live stream, welcome and thank you for joining us. If you're listening to the recording, thank you for joining us, too. Um, and live streamers, if you're uh, tuned into the Facebook live stream, this is uh, going to be a discussion of Neville Goddard, but it's also a Q&A, so if you have any questions or comments or things you want us to discuss... Uh, just go to the, uh, the the page where we're we're streaming this. Um, easiest way to do it is just at our uh, LOA Today page. But uh, just type in some uh, questions and comments, and we will be happy to address them. And Cindy, we uh, haven't talked since before uh, the holidays, so you, you've had a couple weeks off. Did you get the rest in that you were looking to get? Uh, I think I got some rest in, yeah. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> you know, it's like most holidays. It d- didn't quite seem long enough, uh, but... It's good to be back because it does seem like forever since I've spoken with you. Yeah, that's true. It, 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 when, you, when it's that long and we're used to doing it on like a weekly or bi-weekly basis, it, it, it seems like, oh, my God, I'm missing this thing. <laughs> right, and it's funny because it's, it's like it's that, that joke about, oh, I haven't talked to you since last year, right? Right, right, but, yes. And we, we jokingly say that when it's just been a day or two, but for us it's been much longer than a day or two. So, Absolutely. Yeah, it's a good to be back and i hope you had a good holiday as well oh yeah overall i mean uh, our listeners know what happened with our christmas miracle for louise but uh, especially since then the holiday's been a terrific holiday because that gave us a lot to celebrate and uh, the the only thing we really missed was spending christmas eve at her brother's house and we got to get that anyway because uh this past sunday uh they had us over and uh Fortunately, her nephews had not returned to where they live and work in Vermont and in Florida, so we were still able to do Christmas. We just did a few days late, so we really <laughs> didn't miss anything. It was good. It was really good. Well, just just great. delayed. Yeah, yeah, it is good. That's great and yeah. wonderful news that oh. everything. It's been Ooh. quite the quite the ordeal, quite the uh, experience. It's yet again another indicator of how. You're, we're all best off when we don't try to direct the universe and, and direct source energy on how to deliver what we want. Because I never would have been able to project this one. But yeah. Louise and I were both in the zone in terms of of uh, really wanting good health for her and, and trying to think positive thoughts about her being healthy and so forth. So we were doing our part, and sure enough, source energy did its part, and it all worked out really nicely. So, yeah. Right. Well, you know, that's what I kind of wanted to ask you. It's like, and not just with law of attraction, but with anything in that, you know, you study for something and you learn all the, the techniques, like even a sport or music or whatever, you've got it down. It's like, oh, yeah, I know this stuff. And maybe you're even teaching it. And then out of the blue, something happens where you need those skills. Right. And it's like, oh, it's like so different. Yes. And all of a sudden, you're you're on stage, or you're on the court, or you're on, and something happens you don't expect, and you have to think on your feet and figure it out and be ready. And all that learning, and really all the practice, you know, it 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 matters at that point, right? It's like, okay. So my question is, when I heard you tell me this amazing story, was what of of everything that you know and that you've learned and that you teach and practice, you know, what came to mind first? Like, what was the thing that was foremost in your mind, you know, of, of what you know of conscious creation to, like, help you through this event? It was two things at once. First, well, actually three things. Um, first, focus on what I want, not what I don't want. The last thing mm-hmm. I wanted to do was focus on Louise being sick. I wanted to focus on her yeah. being well. Secondly, and we're talking about Neville Goddard today, assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled. So I want—I really wanted to focus on not just here's what I want, but I want to feel it. And then I made it into a practice by, I, I, I didn't have a chance to tell you because we didn't have a whole lot of time before the show, but the, the method that I used to create what you and I call the vignette was I found a photo of when Louise and I visited Seattle about uh, 12, 14 years ago, something like that. There's one shot that a friend of ours took while we were out there, and it was great. I mean, we're just both very happy. We're smiling. You can just see we're just loving what we're doing. We're loving being with each other and so forth, and in the pink of health. So I used that as my visual aid, so to speak. 
And um, I, I didn't really have to. Actually, the third thing was developing passion. I didn't have to work with that one. <laughs> that one came pretty yeah, easily. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but that combination, I, I used that passion. I recognized I needed to use that passion in order to get to uh, focusing on what it was that I wanted rather than what I didn't want. So I, I just used that passion, grabbed that photo, and focused with all my might on Louise feeling great. And that was my thing. But you asked what I did. That's what I did. And and you mentioned the practice. The practice helped tremendously. All the times that we've talked about this stuff, um, the practices that I follow each day, the, you know, the processes that I do in the morning or in in the evening, um, all of that, because I've been creating habits all this time, those habits kicked in so that even though we were in the midst of this crisis, the habits were there. And I, they weren't, oh, they weren't fantastic. far. They weren't far to reach for. It was like they were right there. So, yeah. Right. If, right. If, You'd have to go find the book and say, wait. Right. What, how does this work? <laughs> how does this work? What was that? What were the steps? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why that practice is so important for, for events just like this. When yes. suddenly we find ourselves in a place where we're experiencing something we did not expect. Especially mm-hmm. something we do not want. Yes. Oh, <laughs> right? Well, I love that you said that you focused on what you wanted because, you know, that sounds like such an easy thing. But as we talked about last year, uh, so it's been a year now because it was the beginning of last year. <laughs> I love it. That I got to practice that same thing. That's it's just right. a cold. We're not even talking about, you know, EMS and being at the hospital and right. having your heart flutter and all of that. So that's when you need to practice when you're <laughs> – because that's not an easy thing to do, especially if you don't have practice to suddenly be focusing on what you want when what you don't want is so in your face. Yes. And so oh. huge and magnified. So, yeah. Ooh, well, that's what the practice work. really does help. Like you say, that practice, yeah. the, we often think of the practice in terms of, of just kind of refocusing ourselves. But what we don't necessarily remember is that we're also training ourselves so that when when the event comes or when the situation comes, we're ready for it. Kind of like what uh, what an athlete does. An athlete prepares, they practice for uh, you know, whatever their sporting event is. Or uh, a musician practices for the concert. Or, or an actor practices for the play or for the movie. Now, that practice, you, you, you almost turn it into what they call muscle memory. Like You just remember, oh yeah, right. I have to do this. I, you don't right. even have to think about it. You just, oh yeah, this is what I do each time. And it just draws you right in, which is really helpful. Right. Yeah, and, you know, talk about muscle memory, and I think that we we know that as we do things, whatever they are, whatever habits we build, um, when we repeat things over and over, we actually build neural new neural connections so that those things start to become automatic, which is why, you know, when, you, when you're in a new city you've never been to, you're a completely different driver than if you're just driving your same route home right. from work every day. Because right. that's your kind of on autopilot with that. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we want to get. We want to get to that place where we're doing this stuff in a more automatic way, where it becomes our default instead of, you know, that thing that we can't remember how to do quite right. <laughs> and, and I'm glad now that I've been doing those practices because it did fall into place fairly yeah. easily i mean all things considered it was fairly easy i didn't have to stretch real hard to do this it was actually just it was kind of right there it's okay here's what you do do it okay i'm doing it here we go it, it wasn't like i had to like you said i didn't have to go look it up in a book how do you do this no i didn't yeah. have to do that at all that yeah. was and that's because i kept practicing it over time so yeah. did you have any kind of sense of uh opportunity you know like occasionally when something happens, even something that that I'm not uh, wanting, and I and I have the opportunity to use these tools, I'm I have this sense in my mind. It's like, well, here we go. Oh yeah. <laughs> like this yeah, is well, what I've been training for. No, no <laughs> yeah. doubt about it. No doubt about it. That's exactly what you feel. Uh, you don't ha- you don't spend a lot of time on it for obvious reasons, no, but yeah. but yeah, the yeah. feeling is definitely there. Like okay, you know the. I've been I've been doing the practice exams. Now here's the real exam. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't expect to hear that this morning. No, no. Well, we didn't expect to have it happen on Christmas Eve, but it did. On Christmas Eve, too. Yeah. Right. 
And you can just imagine when we got the news that she was being kept overnight, Louise's face just fell. I mean, she was so disappointed because she was really looking forward. She always does every year, really looking forward to going to spend Christmas Eve with her brother and his family. And it was like, it was right. a blow to her. It was a real blow. Um, but uh, obviously, of course, that all worked out so nicely because we had that anyway just a few days later. Um, yeah, <laughs> quite the thing. And we have ways to go, too. I mean, it's not like the journey is over. There's, there's still more to be done in terms of her, getting her back to where she needs to be. But, boy, was that, that was such a pivotal moment. And I use the word advisedly, pivotal, because we pivoted. <laughs> yes. We pivoted pivot, in a big pivot, way. Pivot. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that the, the nephews and people hadn't returned, and so you still got yeah. to be all together. Because yeah. that reminds me, I mean, it's a little more dramatic maybe than a lot of times, but it does remind me of, Times when, you know, you were saying earlier, the lesson again is don't try to direct mm-hmm. the source energy how it works. Right. You know? Yes, we want to learn how to direct source energy, but we don't want to give commands to source energy on how to work something out. Right. We, we, we The hows are not our business. I like to and say so, that, that we don't want to micromanage it because right. <laughs> we, we are really not as good at doing it as, as source energy is. So might as well just let... The expert do what it does, you know. <laughs> well, I think of how many times that we feel disappointed over something not working out, like she felt disappointed about about Christmas Eve, mm. and and yet down the road, just a few days in this case, it did happen, it did. and it was probably even better because you were celebrating. Exactly. You know, oh yeah. Like, so I think that that's a another key takeaway to remember is that just because. It doesn't happen when or the way we think. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And when it does happen, it's often even better. So, <laughs> it, And it was better. It was better in a way that I haven't even mentioned. But uh, normally when we go to Christmas Eve, there are also other people from the family who are there who are sort of extended family that Louise isn't really close to necessarily. And they weren't there. So Louise got to get everybody's attention instead of having to share it with everybody else. So she actually got more attention than she normally would have gotten which was great. You know, that's, she loves that. She loves uh, talking with her nephews, talking with her brother, talking with her sister-in-law. She just loves that. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. So you had a more intimate gathering and more, more time with, with people and more connection. Yay. This is a great story to start with today. (laughs) It is. It was a heck of a journey to get here, but boy, what a story. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, we, I think we talked about that. Did we create that? We said, <laughs> we said, well, when the health issues started, we said, well, there are going to be some stories that that bring hope and joy to people out of this. Oh boy! <laughs> it's funny too because I've been saying all along I really wasn't ready to tell people on the podcast what it was all about. Just that there was a medical issue. I kept saying that over and over again, and I couldn't. If you had asked me more specifically why it is I had made that decision not to tell you or not to tell the the world about it, right. I don't think I could have told you. I don't think I could have given you a concise answer, but there was something that was saying to me, no, this is not the time to talk about it. Maybe part of it was, well, it's Louise's business, but I also knew right. Louise was fine with me telling the story. So I wasn't sure what it was. Now I know what it was. It was the story that, or at least that segment of the story that was such an important segment wasn't done yet. I had to let it finish before I could tell the story. If I had tried to tell That's it before then, it would have been incomplete. Right. You know? Well, you know, I think... I, I, I've had this conversation before with colleagues, uh, and we've talked about, you know, we're all different, and there are some people who like to talk about the things, you know, the, the contrast that's going on in their life. Um, they're fine with talking about it publicly right. and to their clients and to everyone, you know, just putting it right out there as it's unfolding, as they're going through it. And then there are those of us, which I'm raising my hand because I would be included, is uh, it's not that I don't ever experience contrast, and it's not that I don't share it, but I like to share it when it's in the rearview mirror. I like to share it yeah. when when it's completed, or at least seems like it is, um, and when when I can kind of dissect it and realize what I did to make it better, what I did to make it worse, hopefully not. But, you know, I mean, when I learn something from it, when right. I can bring that knowledge of what I learned to 
the public or to my clients or whoever, when I can say, well, this is what happened with me, and this is what I wish I would have done different, and this is what I think I really nailed and knocked out of the park, and this yeah. is what happened, and you know, and this is what we can all learn from it. Um, that's better for me. That works better for me. Is and I, other people are different. Other people want to get want to crowdsource their uh, <laughs> re- responses, right, and say, what would y'all do? Like, help me out here. I'm, yeah. I'm struggling or I'm going through something awful. And I actually, when I see someone doing that, I always sort of admire it because, number one, when you ask for help, we talk about this all the time, ask for what you need. And when you ask for help, people step up and bring you help. And, <laughs> but it's not in my nature to be doing it that way. So I guess it's I hear you. Own, right? <laughs> I hear you. And I'm noticing, too, we've got some uh, commentary going on uh, among the listeners in the group on the Facebook Law of Attraction Changed My Life group and on our page on LOA Today. And I just wanted to double-check to see if there's anything here that is something direct to us. There's, there's a lot of cross-chat going on. It's a really interesting conversation going on. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Well, Siraj has a question here. Siraj is asking, and this may actually tie into what we were going to talk about in the Neville Goddard book. But he says he saw a documentary on The Shift by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And he says, can we have a conversation on this? How can we shift our thoughts and vibrations when we are literally in a bad situation? Which is what we were talking about just now. But it's a good topic. It's a good question. Yeah, it is a good topic. And it, it and it's it's one that you can't talk about too much because that idea of pivoting that you were mentioning earlier you pivotal a pivotal moment um it's something that has to be in these kind of situations mm-hmm. what uh, what were his words again or her words again about when you're in a situation yeah, let me see I, that, I, i'm scanning through a bunch of stuff here how can we shift our thoughts and vibrations when we are literally in a bad situation yeah in a bad situation right um when when I think about the answer to that question, how can we shift our thoughts and vibrations, is that you probably, I mean, me, I know with me personally, I have to do it over and over and over and over. Like, I don't make some kind of shift and then, okay, good, now my thoughts and vibrations right, are good. Right. I have to keep doing it. Like, And that's why I liken it a lot of times to meditation, mm-hmm. is when someone, when we're first learning to meditate, especially sometimes we realize our mind keeps wandering. Like maybe we're just trying to focus on our breath and all of a sudden we're thinking about the grocery list and we have to bring our focus back to our breath and all of a sudden we're thinking about, oh, something on our schedule later today and we have to bring our focus back to our breath and we have to do it over and over. And it gets really frustrating sometimes to think, oh, my mind just keeps wandering. It's the same thing we do when we pivot. When we find that our mind keeps, it's like sometimes our mind is like a magnet being drawn over to that bad situation that we're in. Which makes sense because it's painful or whatever. Mm-hmm. We have to just keep bringing it back, bringing it back, bringing it back. And I think, I mean, because the question was, how do we do it? That's how we do it. Yes. We we keep doing it. Well, we well keep Neville, going. Neville actually mentioned that one of the, wasn't one of the chapters called Persistence. I believe so. Yeah, chapter yeah. twenty-two, Persistence. Right. And, and that's what you're describing. You're describing yes. being persistent in focusing on the thing that you want in order to change that vibration and change the habit of the vibration. And that's that's it. That's it right there. That's what I was doing, too. Um, in fact, uh, I think it was Nasha mentioned here in the, in the uh, commentary that uh, Deidre, Didi, one of our listeners, is currently in the hospital. And I don't, oh. know, I don't know if the uh, question that Siraj raised was related to that or not, but let's assume that it was. What can we do for Didi? Well, we can do the same thing that I did for Louise. We can envision Deidre as being a healthy and happy Deidre. And we yes. can get we, we can make that a persistent practice. We can just keep right. going to it over and over and over again. And yes. the, especially with the group of us doing that, with the, imagine if all the listeners are doing that, how much energy she's going to get coming her way. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. That's powerful. Yeah. And yes, that's exactly it, is that we picture her in a place where she is vibrant, her health is vibrant, where she is glowingly happy, mm-hmm. uh, where she is feeling comfortable, and we just picture that over and over. And when, you know, what's interesting is, I love that you got the picture, you found the picture of you and Louise yeah. where you both 
were happy. And well, healthy. it wasn't hard to find. It was on the wall. And so, I mean, it's like in a little picture wall plaque. I, I walk past it every single day. So finding it was actually pretty easy. But <laughs> Well, you say that. And yet, how many times do we walk right by something that would yeah. be useful? Because we're so focused on what we don't want. That's it's why true. it's so important to be focused on what we want. As soon as you get focused on what you want, then those pictures and helpful things, mm-hmm. they they will be in alignment with what your focus is, and you'll see them easily. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. So it's like sometimes I think it helps, or maybe always, uh, with me, I'm very verbal. So to whether you say it out loud or whether you say it in your head is to give the I want, you know, a statement, words. Right. Uh, you know, I want Louise healthy. Um, I want to see Deidre healthy, you know, those are the things we want is to keep going back to that, you know, to answer the question again about how we make the shift. We keep going back there again. You know, you were saying, you were saying this is kind of, it's on topic and off topic, but I remember we were talking about losing sleep and we had talked about the idea of saying in our mind, I am asleep. Yes. I'm asleep. Right. <laughs> Instead of the statement of, I'm awake, I'm right here awake, and I can't go back to sleep. And, you know, and I actually used that uh, recently, and it worked. Like, I, you know, hadn't had a real chance to use it, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But I found myself awake, and the first thought is of what I don't want, right? Like, oh, no. Right. I don't want to lay here awake all night. And I'm sure, exactly. you know, that could be potential for you when you're, someone's in the hospital. Oh, absolutely. This night. Oh, yeah. I just started saying, I am awake. I mean, I am asleep. And the next thing I knew, <laughs> I had fallen asleep. Sure. So focusing on what we want sounds easy, but it takes practice. But it's true. And it does actually work uh, to, to focus on what we want. It seems like, well, how could that be? I know I'm so worried about the fact that I don't want this thing, but it really does work when we focus literally on specifically what we want and take it off of the part that we don't want. Oh, I don't like the fact that I'm not asleep. It makes a huge difference. It makes a gigantic difference. Um, and we, I, we may not even get to the book at, at the rate things are going because, uh, people are raising questions here for us to discuss. So, I mean, if it's okay with you, I'm just going to bring in some of those uh, it's questions. It's totally to okay. The book is always like secondary for yeah. me. If there's questions going on, let's let's answer the questions. And let, let's see if I can find where to pick up the thread. Siraj and Nasha have been exchanging some ideas. Well, Nasha brought up a question that we actually discussed the other day, but I think she still has uh, an interest in it. Um, she and I had had an online uh, off the show conversation uh, via Facebook Messenger. And in that conversation, she asked me about the ego. And as soon as I saw the word ego, my instant reaction was, I need to know what her definition is. Because like I said to her, yes, 10 different people, what the ego is, you'll get 10 different definitions. (laughs) Which makes it a little bit of a slippery term. Um, But she was raising it in the context of um, selfishness and self-centeredness and uh, concerned about other people and so forth. Um, and so she's asking again what uh, – she wants to know what your definition is of the ego and you know, how do you think about this whole concept of, of an ego. Well, first of all, I don't always immediately think that the ego is bad or wrong um, because I don't think it is. But I think it is the part of us that decides that we're separate from everyone else. And in that sense – um, we can work on transcending that by remembering that we're all connected <laughs> and we're mm-hmm. all one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when we're all connected, then all of a sudden this whole question of ego gets shifted. It becomes a different question. And it, I think it's important to recognize what that new question is. It's going to be different from one, one person to the next. So that's why I'm not just saying, well, here's what it turns into because it's yeah, going to be different yeah. for everybody. But uh, well, I think that, we are each unique and that that's important. Yes. And so I think it's sort of like, you know, when teenagers often get called rebellious and a lot of the time it's because we are hardwired to begin to be autonomous. Actually, I, I read an article yesterday, I think as young as four years old, um, that we start to become autonomous. We start to 
want to take on our own responsibility and make our own decisions. And so a lot of times the only way um, a young child or a young adult can do that is by sort of bucking the system Mm -hmm. because they're in a family unit where we kind of all do things the same. So the only way I can be autonomous and feel like I'm doing my own thing is to do something different than what you're doing. And then that gets looked at as being rebellious, right? Right, But we want to be autonomous. We want to be able to take care of ourselves and grow up and make our own decisions and be an adult and all of that. And so the part of us that begins to be separate, begins to be autonomous, I think is healthy. So sometimes it's, you know, when we talk about ego, but there there's also the part of us that says, I'm separate from everyone else. And that's the part that we can recognize that we are all connected and we are all one. And when we do that, that kind of helps us transcend that a little bit. She also, I think it's a balancing act. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. She also followed up by asking um, how... What she said it was, how would would we define ego in the context of the law of attraction? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. I'm not sure that it changes much for me. Mm. Because, and especially, well, when we look at what, what Neville talks about, that you are the only person who has any control over the things happening in your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Neville would be very pointed about that. Yes. Uh you you and your imagination, you are the creator of everything you're experiencing. So that's a good question about how you you know how you navigate that <laughs> with when you talk about ego. But I think it depends on the definition, like you said. What exactly. what is that meaning? Yeah. Um if we can how how else could you describe it? What other word would you put there? Because when we're talking about being selfish uh, because that got, word got inserted there as well. Um, that's a different thing, I think. Why is that? Well, because, first of all, selfishness often gets a really bad rap. Yep, it does. And I think that we have to define it as well. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, no one's going to take care of you like you can take care of you. And so is that selfish? Um you know, we're not necessarily talking about being neglectful of other people's feelings or, you know, rude or greedy or any of those things. When we say selfish, that often all gets lumped together. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times people, you know, it's kind of like that poverty mentality where people think, well, it's not fair for me to have wealth when there are other people that don't have enough food to eat or vice vice versa it's not fair for me to be so poor when other people have wealth well think about people that say well that's selfish of me Mm -hmm. that would be selfish for me to have so much and other people to have so little right right. and the truth is you can't get poor enough to help other poor people exactly so that doesn't make sense what we're talking about is different than we're it's really more of being greedy or hoarding everything and not being generous and not sharing. So I think you're right. I I, I think the word selfish is actually a word that gets used as a replacement word. Because what they really mean is you don't care about somebody else. And because you don't care about somebody else, that means that that's happening because you're selfish, which is not true. People choose not to care about other people for various reasons, but it isn't because they're selfish, because there are also selfish people. I mean, everybody's selfish. Everybody is a self. So, and yet there are <laughs> huge numbers of people right. who care for other people. You know, does that mean they stop being selfish? No, they're, they're still selfs. <laughs> the, the, the selfism keeps going on. I mean, the thing I like to point out is, can you imagine if we had to live for somebody else all the time? Oh I'm, my goodness. What a drain that would be. <laughs> Well, and but you know what? I don't even have to imagine it because I've done it. Really? Wow. Well, I recognize that at some point in my life, and I think I've told this story before, but at some point in my life, I really did defer to everyone. Wow. Right? I some and I thought that I was just easygoing and caring about other people, but I realized that. Anytime anybody asks me anything, you know, what movie do you want to see, Cindy? Oh, I don't care. Let's go see what you want to see. Mm-hmm. 
what restaurant do you, what do you want for dinner? I don't care. What do you want? Let's go where you want. And it just was always deferring to someone else. And at the time, um, I had young children and I was married. So I was always taking care of other people. And I often put those people before myself. Mm. I was, you know, selfless, right? I was always um, putting everyone's needs before my own. And I didn't want to be selfish. So I was sacrificing all the time of anything I wanted for someone else. And one day I had this group that I met with. It was just a small group. There were four of us. We met every week for like 10 years. Um, and then some of us moved away and, you know, things changed. But during that time, we would meet. And we were a mastermind group, not for business, but more, I mean, we talked about stuff like this, right? We talked about books mm-hmm. we were reading, and, and we talked about law of attraction, conscious creation, and spiritual things. And every time we met, we would decide where we were going to meet the next time, whose house, or maybe we'd go to lunch somewhere, or we sometimes we'd just go do something, go see an art show or something. And one day, my kids were sick, and and I stayed home with them. And my friend called me after the meeting to tell me how everything had went. And she was telling me that they had made a decision about where we were going next week. Now, here's the thing. She knows me better than anyone, and she knows that all these decisions they make, I would never have a problem with. Right. Like, they picked, well, we're going to go eat at some restaurant or something. I mean, I would never have a problem with that. But I was feeling myself feeling really angry when she started telling. And and anger wasn't something I ever let myself feel. I didn't act angry to her. I just said, okay, sure, that's fine. Okay, talk to you later. Goodbye. And I hung up. I remember I was washing the dishes. This is like practically, I don't know, it was probably 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And all of a sudden, I was like questioning, why am I so upset about this? that, That they didn't ask my opinion. I would have said yes. Why am I so upset? <laughs> and I, I'm not going to say I heard an audible voice, but it was pretty powerful. I heard my higher self, the universe, I don't know, say to me, um, oh, I'm sorry. You always put yourself last. I thought you wanted to be last. Ooh, wow. And what I realized is that I deferred so much that now people just didn't ask me, where do you want to go or what do you want to eat or wow. what do you want to eat? Right. Because the universe was like, OK, I, I, I have this saying that I tell clients that I teach that the universe is always supporting us. Mm-hmm. And I've had people say, well, I don't feel like the universe is supporting me. Yes. You know, cause, <laughs> right. Because things aren't going well or whatever. I'm like, right. no, the universe is supporting you, whatever your story is. The universe is saying, OK. Right. And that's my that's what my story always was. I don't care. We'll do what you want. And suddenly, the universe was on board with me and said, okay, I'll support that. We won't even ask you anymore because you don't care. <laughs> and I had this huge epiphany in that moment. Yeah. And I began to, I realized how much I had deferred to everyone else. Why? I was being the exact opposite of, of selfish, right? And I lost my sense of identity. I lost all my preferences. Like, I started, I decided in that moment, when so, the next time, and I knew it would be soon, and the next time someone asks me, what do you want for dinner, I am going to say something that is an actual answer. <laughs> and that sounds ridiculous, but I had lost all my preferences at that point. And so it was like, what do you want for dinner, Cindy? Oh, I, um, let me think about that. I want... <laughs> pizza or whatever right it's like i'm gonna have to find an answer and it felt selfish at first to all of a sudden be saying i want this i want that i want to go here i want to go there i want to see this movie what about me what about my opinion because i had been so opposite that for so long and but you know what my life changed like my conscious creating ability suddenly just went through the roof because all of a sudden I was having preferences. And you and I talked about this before. You have this fantastic story about um, a doctor that connected the idea that preferences and emotions go together. Mm, Right. Yes. Yes. That he, he, I think you said he worked with patients that had the part of their brain damaged where that, that produced emotion. Right. And he would ask them, where do you want to go for lunch? And they would say, I don't care. They could never come up with 
an answer because those two things, having a preference and experiencing emotion are somehow connected. Mm -hmm. And we know that with conscious creation, what is the power? What is the power? The power of emotion. Mm-hmm. It is. Right? Yeah. Like we, we, we have to have emotion to be able to do this well. So here's the, here's the interesting takeaway from what you're saying. If you want to have emotions, you have to be selfish. Yeah, you have to be able to have preferences. <laughs> it's it's inseparable. You can't have one without the other. It just doesn't work. Right. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And and it took me a while. You know, thank goodness our brain is plastic and elastic, right? Because mm-hmm. it can because. Seriously, I mean, I think I didn't have any neural connections that made preferences. Right? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, oh, no. Um, so it, it takes some work. But, so we're not talking about being uncaring about other people. That's not it at all. Right. We're talking about giving yourself the same care that you give someone else. Exactly. Not always putting yourself last. Recognizing that you're wants and desires and needs and preferences are important. And I also think it's important to realize and remember that when someone else is behaving in an uncaring way and you don't like the fact that they're behaving in that uncaring way, it isn't because of their selfishness. It's because they have chosen not to care. It's not the same thing. And I'm not saying that I applaud them for not caring or that I condemn them for not caring. I'm not saying either of those things. I'm I'm simply pointing out it really is not a function of of being a self. It's a function of making a preference that is different from the preference you would choose. And if you understand that, now all of a sudden the whole dynamic changes. Now it's not about ego. It's not about selfishness. It's about understanding that different people have different preferences. Now, do I want to necessarily hang out with that person who's being cruel to others? No, absolutely not. That's my preference. But I recognize it as a preference, not how selfish that person that it, that other person is or, or how unselfish I am. That's not it at all. It's they have one preference, I have another preference, and the two near the twain shall meet. They just don't go together at all. Yeah, I also like to always assume positive intent. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Let it go with that. Mm-hmm. And because we don't always know the whole story. That's true. Like, we rarely know the whole story, right? So when someone makes some decision that doesn't sit well with us, there are probably factors that we don't know anything about. And so, you know, that's an important thing, too. And like you said, yeah, we get to choose. It doesn't mean we have to hang out with people that no. aren't treating us well. We, we, you shouldn't hang out with people that aren't treating you well. Um in fact, you should stop paying yeah. attention to them. You should just avoid paying any attention to them at all and just focus on the stuff you really want in your life. Because otherwise you get more of them not paying attention to you the way you want them to pay attention to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is that, you know, we, there's an idea that we treat people how to treat, we teach people how to treat us. Mm-hmm. Right? By what we accept and what we don't accept, what right. we tolerate and our, our boundaries. And so the universe is like that. The universe is often a big, just a big mirror for us. That's true. And for how we treat ourselves, just like in my story before. I wasn't necessarily treating myself badly. I just wasn't giving myself, you know, the same respect that I gave everyone else. That's true. And And so what happened? Well, everything became a big mirror of that. And, yeah, people stopped caring what I thought about anything. It wasn't because they were uncaring. It was because it was a mirror of me, of of what I was choosing. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I started making different choices, that changed as well. And that was so. a phenomenal thing for you to recognize, too. Because you could just as easily have been skipping along continuously on that, oh, I don't care track for a long, long time. Yeah. But you, you decided to say, wait a minute, stop, hold on a second. What about but when I do I care? Even- when I look at it now, I even think it was like, and I don't give myself the credit. That's the thing is I look back and I think, wow, how did I catch that? Like, why did I have that epiphany? Why did that happen that day that I stood there and said, oh, oh my goodness, yeah. I'm always deferring to everyone. That's yeah. why this is happening. It was mm-hmm. like, it really did feel like when, when I tell that story and I always say, I, I'm not going to say I heard an audible voice, but I did hear something. Right. 
it did sound like it was something outside of me. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, it really did seem like some wiser entity was saying, hey, <laughs> hey, you. <laughs> Wake this up. Is what's going on. I just want to call it to your attention. <laughs> yeah. I thought you wanted to be last, so, you know, you always make that choice. So here you go. Exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was interesting. And, you know, I can't say I've had that experience uh, many, many, many times at mm. all. It was a powerful thing. It happened that time, and it, it made an impact. So, yeah. So that we got off on a lot, but it was a great question about being selfish, and I think that's one of the reasons it's important to kind of work that out for yourself. Well, if you think we got off a, a bit on that one, wait till you hear what the next question is. <laughs> oh, give me the next one. Let's go. The next one's from Siraj. Yes, this one a little bit, uh, a little while ago. But he says, if someone is molesting a child or teenagers in front of you, I, which I've never had that experience, how can we have, how, how can we have to, re, how can we react at that time, I think is what he's saying, toward that third person? That's what I'm asking. How do I shift our vibrations in this kind of situation? I don't know that this is a place where I would just immediately go to shifting vibrations. I think I would have to take some kind of action. This is a crime that you're talking about. Right. This is a criminal act that you're talking about. So. But, but let's presume for the sake of discussion, though, that it's a crime that you, you can't do anything about. Maybe maybe you live in a, a place where there's a, a, a corrupt police operation and the police are the ones that are doing this. So you really can't directly intervene without causing harm to yourself and without and, and, and with the idea that you're actually going to produce the positive result you're looking for. Um, again, very extreme situation doesn't pop up very often. But let's just let's just frame it that way, because I, I think he's trying to ask, like, I mean, I, I am not able to help this particular person directly. The only thing that's left is to help them vibrationally. How can I do that? Okay, so if, if that were the case and you absolutely could only help in a vibrational way, right? I think you would have to picture that person being safe and unmolested and anything else that you could add to that. Like maybe that person begins to stand up for themselves or maybe that, or maybe you picture, you know, remember when Neville wanted to be in Barbados? Yes. So he pictured himself falling asleep in his father's house in Barbados. Right. So maybe you picture that person in a different place. You picture that person away from, from these molesters, right? Away from anyone who would harm that person. Um, I mean, that's, that's what comes to mind for me is that the vibrational shift comes when you begin to picture that person safe, whole, healthy, well, protected, um, empowered. Because it reminds me of we've, and we've talked about this before, uh, Abraham saying, how do you know when your thoughts are doing, uh, someone else? any good <laughs> well you'll feel good when you think about them right and so many times we have uh, i'm making air quotes over here thoughts right and we can call them whatever we want to call them thoughts wishes dreams hopes prayers whatever but worries are thoughts too and so when when we have someone we care about that we're worrying about which i would think that that would be the response in this situation i'm so worried about this person. Because, why? Because they're being molested. Mm -hmm. They're being attacked. They're being harmed. They're, right? And so instead of, and that's why, the, that's what makes this is so hard because yeah, that's a pretty natural response. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But if you can't, if you can't do anything about it, if you truly can't do any other thing about it, then I would think that the best response would be picturing them just like Walt pictured his wife being healthy and happy. Right. Vibrant in the pink of health, you said, right? Exactly. Is to picture that person safe, happy, whole, protected, empowered. Picture that. And I would think you'd have to pivot and bring yourself back to that focus quite a lot every time the worry came up. I but otherwise, I would say when you when you have it in your power to do something more, um, that's the time to speak up or do something more. Oh, absolutely. Can, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. That's it, a good question. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, because if there is something that you can do without absolutely getting yourself killed in the process, 
Do it. Right. You know, do it. By all means, stop the harm. Well, you know, if there's anything you can do to stop the harm, stop the harm. Um, and I would add also one other idea to what you suggested. I love your idea. I think you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, focusing on that victim being in a whole and healthy place and happy and all that kind of stuff. I would also do the same thing with the attacker. The attacker doesn't necessarily have to be an attacker. So I would try to imagine the attacker as somebody who perhaps is remorseful that they attacked or perhaps uh, is no longer feeling a need to attack somebody else. Try to picture them as somebody who is a nice person to be around. Change the whole play, change the whole image that's going on in front of you into what you want it to be. Not just one person, but everybody who's involved. Because the more that we can change the whole thing around. Hmm? It reminds me of of Neville's um, conversation and I've, I've used this with actually even recently with some clients with rewriting the conversation. Yes. You know, it's not just one person. Like, That's right. I may imagine that I've said something differently and then that person that I was speaking to, that their response was different and that I replied in a different way. And so we've got a conversation. And so, yeah, I had that idea too. I was like, well, what about the person that's, that's performing the criminal act. Well, right. we can picture them um, changed. And that, picture them. The, one repented. thing that, that often will block people on something like that, something that will block people from wanting to help the, the criminal in that way, is many people will turn that in their minds into, well, that means the criminal is getting off. And that doesn't necessarily follow. Just because we, we put that criminal in our minds in a place where they are behaving in a more uh, social way, a friendly way, a loving way toward others, doesn't mean that they no longer have any responsibility for what they did in the past. It doesn't erase it. It doesn't wipe it out of existence. It simply helps change their behavior if they're amenable to changing their own behavior. But the responsibility still exists. You know, So you don't actually lose anything. You don't lose anything by, by putting them into that kind of frame of mind. You actually help improve the situation. This is the well, and it, it it answers that same question. How do you know your thoughts about that person are doing them any good? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and so it feels better to see someone changed, to see someone recognizing what they did wrong, to mm-hmm. see someone right. It, it 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 feels better than to recognize thoughts about someone that we think is a criminal and how horrible they are and. You know, sure. <laughs> uh, Suraj, let's see. He had more to to say here. See if I've got it right. I'm not expecting. I'm, I'm I'm stumbling over the way he's writing it. So bear with me for a moment. He says, "I'm not expecting an answer to my question was how we shift our energy or vibes in the situation because vibes get shifted according to the situation. If it's on another person or on your own family members or yourself, please elaborate on every situation." Do you follow what he's saying? I'm not sure I understand. Yeah, I'm not sure I understand either. I, I think I think what he's saying is, let me see if he, he elaborated further on down because there's been a lot of commentary after this. But he was describing a situation where something was happening in his own family and he, he shared a video with one of the other, with Nasha, he, he shared a video of some kind. I think this is the same thing that trips people up with forgiveness, is they think that to forgive someone that they're letting them off the hook mm. for whatever it is they did. And that right. they're saying, it's okay that you did that thing. Right. And that's not the case at all. Exactly. Forgiveness is for us. Yes. For, exactly. Forgiveness is so that you don't have to carry around the weight of that grudge because it's heavy. Um, it's it's It doesn't let them off the hook. It lets you off the hook. <laughs> Actually, also, Anita asked a question which is kind of similar. I mean, she made it a little bit more vague, but she says, can you tell me how to deal with nonsense people when they only <laughs> find out a way to harm you, but they can't, but you can't avoid it? I so, just remember, we have to remember that the universe is a big mirror of how we're treating ourselves. And so it's always a self-care thing where I start with things like that. If I'm, yes. if I'm directing my thoughts outward and saying, this person is treating me this way and this person is treating me that way, I have to ask myself, how am I treating myself? Because I, I get to set the tone for how everyone else treats me. Exactly. By how I treat myself. 
And so start there. Start with self-love and self-care. And, you know, when we talk about self-care, um, we're not always just talking about pampering ourselves. You know, uh, a lot of times, especially in certain circles, as soon as self-care comes up, people think of going to get a massage or, you know, yeah. getting a pedicure or something. I mean, sure, those things are nice and fun, but I'm talking about something that's bigger than that. I'm talking about really taking care of yourself. How mm. well do you take care of yourself? How well do you say yes to your own preferences? Mm. How how well do you take care of your physical body with with movement, with pure water, with clean food, with enough sleep, really basic foundational things. If you're feeling badly, you know, do you seek out some support to figure out how you can feel better? All of those things, and, and even, you know, when people are in relationships where someone treats them with disrespect, just saying, that's not okay for you to treat me that way. That's an act of self-love and it self-care. Is. The same way that if you saw, you know, we talked earlier, I mean, it, it's extreme to talk about, you know, molestation, but think about if you saw an adult speak in a harsh way to your small child when, you know, you may say, hey, that's not okay for you to talk to my child that way. Mm -hmm. that. Well, that's not okay. Um, so we need to do that with ourselves. We need to set boundaries about what's okay and what's not okay. When we start taking care of ourselves in all those ways, then it will be reflected back to us in how the world treats us. It's a very good point, because whenever we find that someone is treating us badly, it's a great reminder to look at how are we treating ourselves in that same regard. Are we treating exactly. ourselves well in that way? And the answer is almost always, I could be doing better. I could be doing better on that <laughs> one. Right. And there's so many ways that you can tackle that you know the mirror work um in your own personal practice that's mm -hmm. a, that's really helpful Very. and then just just paying attention to your own habits of how you take care of yourself how you stand up for yourself um all of that is important and the really cool thing too is let's say we have been experiencing uh maybe with a family member or somebody close to us and they've been treating us badly okay and we've been experiencing that for quite some time and then we decide to kind of improve the way we're going to treat ourselves, up the ante in a sense. We, we, we improve the way that we talk to ourselves and that we talk about ourselves and talk about our situations and, and we improve our practices and so forth to the point where we start shifting our own um, energy, our own uh, focus of attention and so forth on a regular basis. The amazing thing that happens is that other person either goes away entirely or yep. else changes their behavior right. and very often we can't see why they did it right no you're right something will shift yes when, when you change the way you treat yourself uh and the way you allow others to treat you um something will shift where the reflection you get back matches what you're giving yourself Right. And sometimes it does shift that way where that person suddenly, I don't know, maybe it's a coworker and they get transferred to another department. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but because the alignment isn't there anymore. That's right. And so, yeah, so paying attention to that is super important. And I always want to mention that when people. Okay. Are you there? I'm here. Did you... I think my software just went kablooey for a moment and I had to restart it. I lost sound. Yeah, well, I, I have a little board here that I use to adjust volume, and the whole board froze, so I had to restart that board. And once I restarted, everything started working again. So, sorry about that. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're back. And we, we, we also have another, uh, another cool thing happening today. We have somebody who's joined us on the Blue Jeans platform, and he's actually joined us previously. So this is the second time back, but he has a question, I'll bet. So I'm going to bring him on here. And say, Sam, are you are you driving to work today? And is that what you're calling in? You're saying, Sam, call us. <laughs> How's it going, guys? <laughs> Doing good. Glad that you called in again. Thanks so much for for calling in to talk to us. What's on your mind? Definitely. Um, you guys were talking about really good stuff this morning, uh, especially what was what's that woman's name? I forgot her Cindy. name. Cindy. She's, she's 
is this is Cindy, Cindy Chavez. Oh, Sydney. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. She was saying some really good stuff about, um, you know, focusing your shift and, uh, stuff like that. Because usually with me is, you know, it's, it's easy to think negative thoughts all the time and to shift it to positive. It's, it's really hard and you try really hard to do it, but then you keep coming back with me, you keep coming back to it being negative again. And you have to try for, for me, you have to keep trying really hard to go over and over again and sort of um, get that mindset straight, you know? Um, so when she said that, it made, it made sense. And also like meditating too. And I try meditating, your mind really wonders. Like you try to try to, you know, focus on your breathing, but then it just, you go, you think about tomorrow or think about what's going to happen or other things. And it's, it's very, it's very crazy how your mind works and how <laughs> your mind wonders insanely, you know? Yeah. Sam, have you ever ridden a bicycle uphill? Yeah. Hard, huh? <laughs> it's very hard. Um, but you know, the more you do it, uh, I remember when I was in Europe, and there are many more cyclists that use a bicycle as their primary transportation. And, boy, there were people really that looked like they might have been in their 70s or 80s, and they were just hoofing it up hills just like it was nothing. And I thought, okay, that's because they do it all the time, right? So it's like it's the same thing when we catch ourselves, when we recognize, like you just recognize, it's really easy for me to have a negative thought process going on all the time. Well, just that awareness is a key to shifting it. And then when you said, but to think positive, it's just, it's hard. It'll get easier as you do it over and over, just like riding a bicycle up a hill. It'll get easier. That's true. And then one other thing that um, you were talking about with Walt, one question I have for you. When you said, when when, when Walt's wife, when you said that her, um, you thought about your wife being, um, you know, healthy and, and vision, visioning this being healthy, my question to you is, if you didn't vision that, do you think it would still happen the same way or do you think do we really have that control of of things changing do you know what i'm saying do you understand my question oh absolutely i think it makes all the difference in the world um we didn't actually get to spend much any time on the uh, neville book today but that's one of neville's main main ideas that is that what you focus on and, and envision and live in um as if it actually is true is what comes true that that that's that's like the core of, of law of attraction. So do I think it made a difference? Yes. Do I think it would have made a difference if I hadn't done it? Yeah, and it would not have been a good difference. It would have been much worse results. Wow. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Because yeah, I was like, I was thinking about it. I was like, I was like because because everything everything happens everything happens as, as, it, as it should and meant to be in a way. And then laws of attraction sort of goes with that as well. But in my head, I mean, sometimes I, question, I, I always question a lot of things. And so when you said that, when you, when you said that and you said you were visioning her, you know, like that and stuff like, uh, visioning her healthy and stuff and it really happened, it's like, what if that, what if you didn't envision that? Would I, would I still that, would I, would have that still happened or would have been different? Obviously we'll never know, but it, it kind of makes sense. It's like with me, it's like with me with my work, like I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to excel in my work and go higher at my work, but yet, I'm having a hard time visioning myself doing that work. But yet my friend, the woman I told you about, she's visioning me doing all these different things and, you know, and so I'm studying to get my certifications for trading, you know, and things like that. But then um, I keep seeing myself like, can I really do this? Can I vision? I can't vision myself doing it, but she's like, she's visioning me and she's making me try to vision it, but it's hard because it's a, it's a really tough job and, I keep telling myself, can I really do this? And it's, it's scary because there's a lot of things that I don't know. And that really gets me kind of, um, what's the word? Like it makes me nervous and scared. Like what if, what if this doesn't happen or what if, I don't know. It's just, it's a lot of things ha happens when I think about it. I think something important to remember is that, you know, things are sometimes not as simple as we'd like them to be because humans are complex and when you know Walt was visioning his wife being healthy what if she wouldn't have been you know there there are other factors that play in so we are all doing the best we can and right. that's important to remember as well is that sometimes you know there are other people who are making intentions that are different than our intentions and so 
you know, things can get complicated. But I think that, yes, absolutely, you can do that thing, even though you feel scared and nervous. And it's wonderful that you have your friend visioning for you because, I mean, as a coach, that's some of the things I do for my clients is that we hold that vision when it's harder for them. Your friend is holding a vision for you um, that's a, a wonderful gift. That Absolutely. they're giving you, because when you can't hold that vision yourself, um, and you, and you will get to where you can, but mm-hmm. her vision is helping that it, that process, right? That's the power and the beauty of being able to work together and co-create. Yeah, that that, that does make sense. Yeah, she's a huge she's a huge fan of law attraction, and she's into vision boards. She created me a vision board, and <laughs> it's I mean it's it's crazy. It's it's the things that she's gotten me into which I never thought I would believe in and things like that. She's able to actually change that for me. And I actually, like Walt said before, like I, I allowed it to see this change happen and believe in it, you know, and it's, it's just, it's just a crazy time for me right now. And, um, well, she's yeah, helping you to understand it. She's helping you to understand a very important point. And that is you, you, you referred to this earlier, very briefly. You said, do we really actually have this control? And she's helping you understand. Yes. You really do have this control. Right. This is this is actually control you've had all along. You just didn't realize that the steering wheel was there, and now you're learning right. how to use the steering wheel. That's a great thing. So this is an empowering kind of situation when we're learning this stuff. This is learning how to take control of our own lives in the way that we truly have the control. Normally, we we try yeah. to control our lives by being doers. You know, okay, I got to do a better job. I got to go out and work harder. I've got to go do all the things that we're taught to do in order to make our lives easier. But what we're trying to learn to do with the law of attraction and with deliberate creation process is to let go of that stuff and take responsibility for controlling what we really do have control over. And that is our response to what goes on in life. When we learn to change our response, we get incredible amounts of control. And it's not easy at first to learn, but once you learn it, or even once you're in the process of learning it, all kinds of things start to improve because now you're realizing, I really do have a steering wheel and I'm learning how to get my hands on it so I can feel it. Yeah, you're right. You're definitely right. It's, it's definitely an interesting um, uh, a change and a view of, you know, having my eyes open to something I've never realized before. Mm. So it's it's fun. And the fact that I found... You guys, it's just it's just crazy how everything just went together. Isn't um, it? It's 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 crazy. Like when she talked about it, and then I found you. I literally got so scared. I'm like, how is this possible? Where she's talking <laughs> about this a week later, uh, my friend gives me a phone number for something else, which wasn't even that. But then I got end up getting you guys by accident, and then I had to research to find you guys online. So it was just it was just a very interesting journey. Yeah. Well, you found us because of alignment. That's right. Yeah. You were were in alignment with whatever we're doing here, and and that's how you found us. I think that's the coolest story. It is. (laughs) Best wishes to you. I think you're doing great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for sharing this story. That's really great that you're willing to do that, too. Yeah, of course. It's just, yeah, I mean, I don't mind sharing any stories with you guys at all. Um, I think 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 the the, the thing was I found you guys when um, I think there was a time when um, I was trying to figure out some stuff too, because um, I'm going through something medically, and I'm trying to figure, uh, trying to find a way t- to through that to think positive thoughts and things like that. And um, I think when I found you guys, it was around the same time um, where you were talking about your your wife, I think, and how you were. It was just crazy, and it it was just it was like what I needed to hear. And you were talking about it at the exact same moment. And it was just like, wow, this is really scary and freaky. And I don't know how this is working out, but it was just like, a, I felt like it was a sign. And the moment that I turned into your, your show, it was the same moment you started talking about it. So it was just like <laughs> that moment. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was fascinating. When the student uh, is ready, the, the teacher will appear. That's what the old cliche uh, says. And it's yeah. been right. very true in this case. Yeah. It's just, wow, it's just fascinating. And, you know, I'm so happy I found you guys because it's just, you guys are, it's basically what I'm looking for and what I need. And you guys are just basically, you know, feeding what I need. And it's awesome. It's awesome. So. Have you been practicing yeah. uh, envisioning yourself in that high, healthy place? Yes, I have. I've been envisioning it um, like crazy 24 7. Um, at first, it was hard for me to do it. But now um, I'm feeling a lot, like, I'm feeling like I'm, uh, 
I feel it now. Before I was just like visioning it, but now I kind of feel like I'm getting there. Um, you know, so it's just, it's just, yeah. So it's just, uh, I know, I know that this year I'll be, I'll be good. I think this year will be the year that I'll definitely, um, be healthy, be like 100% healthy. And I changed my diet and a lot of different things and, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I feel like this is the year that I'll be, uh, I'll be a hundred percent healthy and I got people helping me with it and stuff. But, uh, but yeah. So. Keep going. Just keep Definitely. going. Persist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Persistence is everything. Well, thank you for calling in and share that, Tom, uh, Sam, that was really great. Um, and, and by all means, keep us up to date on what happens as uh, your journey continues because we love hearing the stories. Definitely, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Uh, Have a good day, guys. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. You too. And of course, we're we're now way over on our time, but that's okay. This has all been very worthwhile. So uh, my apologies to the RN who are always so kind in in the way that they insert us into the schedule. I hope we aren't messing up the schedule too much today. But uh, thank you for doing it anyway, and thank you for all the people who are sharing questions because the questions are marvelous. Um, I guess Cindy, Cindy will be perhaps looking at the, the rest of the Neville book this afternoon instead of this morning, but that's worthwhile. That's good. Yes, absolutely. Bring your questions. We'll be back this afternoon. Absolutely. So join us next time, and we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone.